Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, WNBA Nation listeners. We are excited that you are here for part three of our mid-season grades series that we've been putting out uh, here during the break, that we've been recording during this break, this Olympic break from WNBA basketball. So we've had a lot uh, of fun previewing the first six teams, or not previewing, excuse me, giving giving grades uh, for the first half of the season for these first six teams, um, but reviewing the first part of the season and grading along with me is, uh, is my TA slash co-professor Logan Jones. How we doing Logan? What's up, Kyle? I'm ready for today. <laughs> I'm ready for this episode. I'm ready for these three teams. Yeah. I, I feel like so far we've had a really good mix of teams. We haven't like had like all terrible teams or all amazing teams. Yeah. It's been a really solid like mixture. We, we've just done them alphabetically and that's why we're not going through like I, where we're grading. I didn't want to start with like Indiana, Atlanta, LA, like the bottom three teams in the league and be like, grade them. You know what I mean? I wanted to go alphabetical. Yeah. It would bum me out if, if the league standings were somehow alphabetical and we just had two entire episodes <laughs> of like below 500 grades. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, it would spoil the grades. I think people would be like, well, they're not going to be better than the last team we heard. So I'm (laughs) ready to go, man. These, these teams, especially you, you were down here earlier and you're like, it's these tonight. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Yes. Like I, I'm, I have, I have some takes. I know we, we are uh, live on Twitch right now recording this, um, for, for the viewers on there. And I know they've got some takes there in the chat. Uh, and we're not going to agree on all of them. Absolutely. I am really excited about this, Logan. I can't wait for, uh, to hear your takes and, uh, to give some of my own. Cause I've got some takes for sure on these teams. Logan mentioned it, but we are live on Twitch pretty much every time that we record an episode and we do a lot of watch alongs as well. So we've got, you know, things like WNBA games or, you know, special events like Olympics and commissioners cups and, and things like that. We'll be doing some watch alongs live on our Twitch stream that won't always be recorded, but just a chance for us to hang out and to watch the games together and to watch the games with you, uh, all of you. So it's absolutely free to join Twitch. And if you happen to have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can subscribe for absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe to our show if you have an Amazon Prime subscription and it kicks a little bit of money our way. And we appreciate that support. You can always hit us up, especially if you've got some disagreements with uh, with our midseason grades here. Hit us up at WNBA Nation Pod. That's the best place to reach us and, and send your takes in there. And we want the heat. If you think that we're so off on on one of these, bring it. It's we, we might be. We're just giving you what we what our take is. I won't be. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty well it, Logan. Let's go ahead and <laughs> hop right in to our first team of to of today's episode and that is the mighty sparks of los angeles la is currently sitting they are tied uh for 10th and 11th they're technically 10th because they've they've got the leg up on atlanta so they but they have the same record they are sitting at 6 and 13 
Bottom three team in the league tied in that 10-11 spot, Logan, at 6-13. and Is this L.A. Sparks team doing better or worse at this point in the season than you expected? That's a great question, Kyle. They've lost eight <laughs> of their last nine. They're not doing well. They're not going to make <laughs> the playoffs. And guess what? I think we all predicted that. I think I think only of, <laughs> of the four of us co-hosts, I think maybe Jason had them in. I, I can't even I don't want to hold them to that if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think any of us had them doing big things. I'll say this. I thought mm-hmm. they were going to be on a like a fringe playoff fringe playoff trajectory, right? Like at the beginning of the right. season, it didn't like before the season started, it didn't look great. It looked like they, they were kind of in a rebuild year, but it was kind of a spicy take to go on Twitter and be like, they're not going to make the playoffs. And it was like, oh, yeah. we'll see. Well, because because we saw teams like Indiana, Atlanta, even Dallas. There was a lot of questions around Dallas. And like you could see like, well, those ones are, you know, could easily miss the playoffs. And L.A. did lose a lot, though. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of people are like, well, they're losing some big names. And you know they're not necessarily going out and replacing them with with quite as much talent on paper but you never know but yeah i agree with you uh i had them right about the same range i had them kind of in that 8 or 9 i think i had them in the just missing the playoffs but currently in order for them to make the playoffs just to make the playoffs they're three and a half games or no two and a half games sorry out of uh, out of eighth place and it's not looking good like you mentioned they've they have not played well down the, the last part of the season. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with them as well. Probably a little worse than I expected, but not, I don't know. I expected them fringe and they're pretty well outside that fringe at this point. Yeah. I'll say this because the standings are still pretty tightly packed across the board, like 20, 20 ish games have been played by everybody. They're not as out of it as we're probably making it sound. Right, right, right. But what it feels like, and we're about to talk about this, their season has felt dead for some time. Like it, if they can snag some wins here or there, they'll be nice. But it, it's obvious to, I think, me and everyone who's rooting for the Sparks to get better that this is not the Sparks team you want to take into the future. There are big wholesale changes coming, and this is kind of a, a season to see what's going to work and what's not for the future. It's, yep. you know, if you can slip into the playoffs, good for you, but it, it's sort of like that's not where their sights are set right now. Like they're they're in a rebuild. They're they've got a plan. Hopefully that's in motion. They've made some moves this year, but I don't have a lot of hope that they're gonna like catapult themselves into relevance this season. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that they've. It's L.A., so it's always hard to count an L.A. team out for a long period of time. They'll usually sign some pretty solid like free agents because L.A. is a great place that people want to live. So. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, right now in a pretty pretty bottom portion of uh, what we expect from a really uh, traditionally strong and stout Sparks franchise. Mm-hmm. Which uh, just one thing because I don't know when else I'll I'll fit it in. If mm-hmm. if that bums you out and it does bum me out, I don't like being that down on the Sparks team. If they are going to bounce back, we're going to know right away because they're going to come out of the Olympic break with three home games, and it's Indiana, Dream, Dream. New York, Washington, and then the schedule kind of picks up from there. So three home games against beatable opponents and then two more against kind of mid-tier, lower mid-tier teams. If if you're a Sparks fan hoping for a little bit of fire, you're going to know five games, you know, out of the break whether, you know, they mean business or whether they're packing it in for the year. So they're not going to keep you in suspense. Yeah, they've got a lot of winnable games coming out of that break. You're right. So let's talk about this first half of the season, Logan. They have, uh, they started out the season pretty strong. They, uh, were four and three to start things off. What was their best performance of the year so far? I was definitely really impressed with one. I mean, the, the story here is that they've got three wins against Chicago. Yes. Right. Because they played Chicago early in the season. I'm not sure which one of those to take. That's where they lost Candace Parker too. So like that was like. Right. Right. Those games, it was, those were big deals. So I'm going to maybe go with a a lower scoring one because they are the lowest scoring team in the league, even behind Atlanta and Indiana. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the third win against Chicago where they went, they were at home, but Erica Wheeler had a huge game Saturday, June 5th against Chicago. They won 68 to 63. 
that's completed the, the like the it's weird that they played him so many times early in the season and they don't play him the rest of the year, but it completed the three game sweep over a preseason favorite, like a contender. Yeah. And and kind of was one of the big impetus says uh, I don't think that's a word. Uh, <laughs> it, it was one of the big, uh, you know, things that launched Chicago into like panic mode until they finally, you know, figured some things out and got Candace Parker back. So yeah, certainly they, they fulfill the revenge requirements after losing Candace Parker to her hometown of Chicago. They get those, those away wins at Chicago, including an overtime win. But I think the best win was the one where the sky knew they were coming and knew that they, like they really needed to get that win in order to balance some things out for their quickly spiraling season. And this Sparks team, which hasn't looked so resilient at times this year, held them off and held them under, you know, held them to 63 points, which is really tough to do. So, right. I'm going to say that's their best performance, even though it, I don't, I don't know if a low, like a low scoring output like that necessarily is, but it, it feels like it meant the most. And at the time they were four and three, they were above 500. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where where I was at the peak of my hey look at Los Angeles. Honestly, it's hard because you look through; they haven't beaten like great teams. They've got the the wins against Chicago, but that was when they were missing several players. It was early on Chicago that just didn't have it figured out. The rest of their wins are against like Indiana, Phoenix, and Washington. And Phoenix and Washington aren't like slouches, but they're not world beaters this season either. That's where I would probably agree with you and say that third game in that streak. The only other one that could stand out is that they absolutely throttled Indiana. That's probably like it was their most convincing win by far. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That was also at Indiana just looking their most Indianan. It's there that's not a word either. They're just Hoosier. So <laughs> but yeah, it was it was bad. It was it was a rough game for Indiana and LA just took advantage of it. So but I'd agree with you. I think that three game win streak is kind of the best performance if you could combine them all, capping it off with that last third game there. How about worst performance, Logan? This one's easy for me, and it's it's probably closer to most crushing than it is worst. Mm-hmm. Because they played a really good game. In fact, it might have been Erica Wheeler's best game. But the loss to the New York Liberty on June 20th, 76, 73, this has kind of been a, a trend with me as we do these midseason grades. It's not necessarily the biggest loss where they looked the worst and they looked incompetent and stuff like that. It was actually the, the game where they maybe played the best, but it had the, the biggest consequences because they weren't able to get it done. Mm. This is a game where New York went up pretty big by halftime. They were up 44-36, which in this game felt like a lot. At one point, they stretched that lead in the third quarter to 10. And then right at the end of the third, it's tied. And it looks like it's anybody's game. Back and forth, fourth quarter. Erica Wheeler makes a couple free throws. Nia Coffey's having a good game. By the way, I think Wheeler led in like every category. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists. is one of those types of games for her. And then the New York Liberty behind Benton Agilani just pulled it out right at the end. And that gave right. So instead of being six and seven with a Mystics and, and Phoenix team up ahead on the schedule and maybe, you know, flirting with 500 uh, going into a tough stretch of the season. Instead, you know, they stumble and they stumble some more and they lose their last six before the Olympic break to some pretty good teams. And now here we are talking about how their playoff hopes are really dim. And maybe that game changes some things for them if they were able to, to to pull that out in a game that they came back from down 10 late in the game, should have won, didn't do it. Yeah, I think that's a that's a big one for sure, that it was a winnable game that they just let slip away. For me, I hate to say this, it sounds cliche, it's their most recent game is their worst performance for me Ooh, against Minnesota. Yeah. Now, Minnesota's on a hot streak. Minnesota's won seven straight. So, like, I get it, all right? So you've got a team that's like on a hot streak, meaning a, a team that's as cold as anyone in the entire league, you know, that's on a six game losing streak and having won, having lost eight of their last nine. So I, I understand that you're mixing hot water and cold water here, but this is the eye test game for me. I watched this game. It, it, it just seemed like LA was just going through the motions. You ever see a team that just like kind of has just given up on the season? Yeah, uninspiring is the word that yes. I would go with. Uninspiring is a great, yeah, it's a gr- great explanation for what I saw. Like, it just seemed just 
Man, like they were just trying to limp into this break. They were just trying to like, just get us to the break. Like we just don't want to even be here. And it was a home game that just looked honestly just looked terrible. And I just, I I didn't love that. So even there might be statistically worse performances, but that one for me is this eye test of like, you couldn't win a single game out of your last six to head into the break. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just rough. So that's kind of where I, I sit at. Logan, let's move into the, our player highlight portion. For each team, we take a chance to highlight a specific player on the team. Now, this doesn't, this could be for any reason that you're going to highlight this player. It could be that they're having an MVP season or a great rookie year, or maybe they've come back off an injury. It could be, Hey, I actually really like this one play that they had at some point. Like, I, it doesn't matter as far as, as far as players that you're going to highlight. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and go first and feel free if you had this player as well, like to just hop on here. I'm going to give a shout out to Brittany Sykes. Yeah. Brittany Sykes. Defensive specialist. Yes. LA is a different team defensively when Sykes is on the floor. Doesn't put up crazy amount of points. You know, she gets, she gets a, some buckets though, but she gets a lot of minutes and it's for her defense, not necessarily for what she does on offense. Really, really strong defensive player leads the team in steals per game and actually, yeah, and is pulling down half a block per game as well. Like she's, she's really strong and I feel like. Alicia Gray and Brittany Sykes had this kind of like race for rookie of the year back in 2017. And Sykes, I felt like just kind of disappeared a little bit, but I really like what she does in LA. I think that, I think that she is uh, better than she gets credit for. And I, I think that if the right eyes are watching, Brittany Sykes is going to be just fine uh, with a future in this league. And so she's someone that we haven't talked about a ton on the pod as of late, but I think deserve well-deserved of a shout out here. Logan, who's your, uh, who's your player highlight for LA? Yeah. Brittany Sykes is a great example of a, a player that I like badly. Like I don't want to build my team around, but I want to use her mm-hmm. to build up my stars. I want her on my team. Yes. I, I was kind of leaning towards Nia coffee. Cause I think she's having the best year of her career, but she's not totally broken out for me just yet. I think her time is still coming. So I'll go with the easy answer, which is Erica Wheeler having the best year of her career. She got out to LA. She got paid to be a star. She's doing it. She's basically just doing what she's always been capable of doing just at scale. You know, she played a lot of minutes her last year in Indiana, took the bubble year off. Now she's getting 14 a game in, in LA. It's not a very good team, which overshadows as we talked about Indiana stars this way too. It really overshadows the, the fact that she is so skilled and she is being paid to kind of be the one there to, to handle the ball and score in crunch time. They just haven't been in a lot of opportunities for her to show that off. Yeah. But Wheeler's one of the, the favorites on the show. I always, if, if I'm watching a Sparks game, a lot of my enjoyment is going to come from watching her. So I just wanted to highlight her here because I, I, I'm not going to give him a good grade. <laughs> this is where you're like, this is you offering the olive branch before just like stabbing him in the back. Yeah, if, if you're a Sparks fan, there's <laughs> so many reasons to be excited about the future and so many reasons to not be thrilled about what's happening now. Right. I like it. I like it. So let's go ahead and get to that portion. Logan, I'm going to allow you an opportunity to give the first midseason grade. They're six and 13. They're not as close to being in the playoff hunt as I thought. They do have some easy games coming up, but then a lot against Connecticut and other against Seattle, Minnesota. The outlook isn't good. I, I think they caught Chicago at the, at like the best possible time they could have caught a floundering Chicago team. Without that, they'd be down with the Indiana fever. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I, they, they aren't, but, but that's what it feels like. Is it kind of feel, they're not fluky. Like they swept them in, in three games, but I'm going to give them a D minus because okay. you guys convinced me on the last show that that's somehow more merciful than an F, even though to <laughs> me, they're basically the same thing. It means you're not passing the class and it's going to tank your GPA and you're going to be mad about it. But <laughs> but I'll go ahead and I'll elevate them out of the F range just because they did get those wins against Chicago, however they may have come, and that counts for something. I'm so unimpressed with L.A. I'm completely unimpressed with L.A. They aren't the dumpster fire that Atlanta has been early on in the season. But I actually think that sometimes like Atlanta as, as rough of thing as things have gone, sometimes you just got to go through that kind of stuff to really, you know, kind of unify up and, and re figure out who you are as a team. LA, I don't feel like is doing that. 
I feel like LA has every opportunity to be the best team like year after year in the WNBA. And they just look so uninspired and uninterested in the game of basketball. I know our Twitch chat was a lot nicer to the LA Sparks than you and I both, both are, but I'm actually going to go with an F, uh, for LA. Give them an F. I think I, I, I just, I'm really, really down on them right now. And yeah, we'll see if they can turn something around in the second half of the league, uh, second half of the year. But I think it's exactly what you said. Basically, if, it wasn't for this really off Chicago team that's now looking a lot better. Like if they wouldn't have snagged those W's, they are, they are not looking good. Uh, the chat's given them a lot of C's, C minuses. I, I think that's an insult to average teams. I don't think LA is a C team. I just don't. I think they're a, they're a D at the very highest. C is middle of the pack. And, and I don't think they're a middle of the pack. No, they're a bottom, they're a bottom tier for me. I've, I've got them in Atlanta, both F's so far. And I think I gave Indiana a D or D minus, but that's only because they actually look like they want to play basketball as of late. And so I'm giving them a, you know, giving them a little love. I'm pretty sure Indiana's won more games than LA has since like June. Oh, for sure. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm failing the, the LA spark. So there you have it. Let's go ahead and bump over to our second team, and that is going to be the Minnesota Lynx. Oh, let's change gears. Yeah, this <laughs> is this is the team that has had my attention probably the most this season for a few reasons. I was really high on their on their off season, so I, I'm really excited to talk some Minnesota Lynx basketball with you right now. Minnesota sitting currently in fourth place with a record of 12 and seven. They are a game and a half out of third place. They're only two games out of a buy scenario of a double buy scenario. Excuse me. Creeping up in those top two seats. And they are currently on a seven game winning streak. Logan, Minnesota right now, are they better or worse than you expected them to be? Minnesota is freaking rad. I love this team. They they aren't without their flaws. I don't think that they belong in the conversation as like, could they be the best team? I, I think they could beat the best team, but I don't think they are the best team. I think there's a little bit of a tear break. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Okay, okay, yeah. Seattle Storm, Las Vegas Aces, Connecticut Sun are one, two, and three in some order. But unquestionably, the Minnesota Lynx are up next. They lost their first four games, which included one at New York when the Liberty were at like the peak of their powers at the start of their hot season. Right. And two against Seattle in in like a eight day span. Like they, they played Seattle and then they were off for like over a week and then they played Seattle again. And since then, they've done nothing but just wreak havoc on the league, including a nice little seven game hot streak here before the break. I think I expected them to be fourth or fifth in the standings this year, but if they are better than I thought they would be, if that makes sense. Like like standings wise, this is what I expected from them, but I thought they were going to have to grind out a lot more games on the defensive end. And they have, they can play defense when, when their coach gets after them. But considering they didn't have new visa collier for some of these games, they've had a tough schedule. They've bounced back from some early adversity. They've got some nice wins on their resume, which we'll talk about in a minute. I think they're doing a little bit better than I expected. Yeah. Here's, here's where I'm, I'm in a pickle with this answer here because my prediction, like, is your preseason prediction your expectation? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cause that's kind of the bar that we've set for the rest of these teams is, well, I predicted them to be about here. So that's where I expected them. And so that being said, I have to be true to myself. And I had Minnesota as the number two seed behind L, uh, Las Vegas. So that if that was my expectation, they're a little below. So they're a little below what I expected. However, for a team that started the season as poorly as they did, um, two elements here that I need to point out. And that was the addition of Laisha Clarendon. Mm-hmm. And that was a call out by Coach Reeve. Yeah. Like those like those two moments shifted this team dramatically. They're twelve and twelve and three from that point forward, basically. And and looking really, really strong. That seven game win streak is has got to count for something. So yes, they're not doing as well as I expected because I didn't expect them to have such a terrible start to the season. But based on how they're playing now, this how they are playing now is as good as I expected them to be, if that makes sense. 
So the record isn't as good as I expected, but how they're playing the game right now is how I expected. I was worried, uh, maybe just because we're waiting recency over everything else. But even, I mean, they started on a four-game losing streak, and they lost three games since May 30th. I mean, they yeah. they just started with a rocky road. They had two games against Seattle. Some teams haven't even played Seattle yet. Yeah. So it feels it would it would feel bad to say they're not performing at expectation or above because obviously this team is very fun to watch right now and very confident in how they're playing. Logan, let's take a look at their schedule with Minnesota um, and just glancing through best performance for this uh, Minnesota Lynx team on on the season. What would you say is their best game? Mm, they've got a pair of overtime wins this year. Both of which I think are meaningful. They also, you know what? I'm going to go not with the overtime game. I'm going to go with the 10 point win over the Las Vegas Aces. <laughs> that's what I was thinking you were going to go with. Cause that one's, that's got, got, got my eye too. And it's, it's really recent and it feels almost like, Hey, you, you battled them to the death at home in Minnesota to a one point overtime victory. And then two weeks later, you kind of took it to them. It wasn't a 90 to 89 game. You held them under 70 points. You won by 10. Clarendon had a freaking awesome game and you played them on the road. And that's sort of I, of the top three teams. We've talked about this a little bit, but maybe we need to analyze it a little bit more. Okay. I, th- I think Vegas actually has more cracks in the armor than Connecticut and Seattle. And that's that's tough because we always have tiered out those top three as being like, you know, the champion's probably going to be one of those three. But Minnesota having these wins over Vegas really makes me question that. And I know Connecticut's got a win against or a win or two against Vegas as well. So it makes me wonder if Minnesota could climb to number three by the end of the year and kind of shift its its odds and and maybe play a different opponent than we would be expecting in in the playoffs. They're still going to get a bye. I, I think they're not a lock by any means, but I would very much expect this team to avoid the single elimination rounds, particularly because they play Indiana three times and Washington at the very end of their season. So they're going to be able to pad those wins a little bit when other teams are kind of scrambling against better competition. Right. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with that Vegas, not the overtime win, but the Vegas win right before the break felt like a little bit of a statement and and really emphasized, hey, not only are we on a hot streak, but we're doing it against the best the league has to offer. Yeah. I think I think that's that's my pick no uh pick number one. If I had to take a second one just for the sake of discussion here, I'd also go that Connecticut victory that was their first W of the season. Yeah. Having wins against Connecticut and Las Vegas are, are huge. So I would I would also say that ten point Vegas win but getting that victory early on against Connecticut, and we've seen how well Connecticut has played so far this season, that kind of woke Minnesota up a little bit, and that was a, that was a big kind of a, a shifting point for them moving forward. And we've already mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Clarendon went off for twelve points that game. Looked really, really strong. That was that that was a huge, huge win for Minnesota. So I'm going to also give that one a shout out. Now, worst performance, Logan, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one as well. Worst performance. Obviously you have a couple tough games at the beginning of the year, but losing to Seattle is never really something to hang your head about. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little troublesome. They got smacked at Dallas. Yes. That's the other one. That's what I'm looking at. You know, they, they lost pretty sizably to Chicago as well after, after Chicago had kind of found themselves but that Dallas game really sticks out because without it, it's 10 straight wins and losses pretty much just to good teams or at least teams playing real hot. But they beat Dallas pretty handily. And then the league is doing this a lot this year where you're playing two, you know, two games in three or four days at the same location against the same team. So they get to know you a little bit. You make some adjustments. I don't know what Dallas adjusted, but they went from losing by 12 to Minnesota to beating them by 18, really just running away with it. So that's that's sort of the crack in Minnesota's armor is they've had offense in pretty much every game this year, but defensively, sometimes they bring it and sometimes they just don't have the intensity on the defensive end of the floor. They don't get out on perimeter shooters all the time. And it, it's frustrating the Coach Reeve, and she called that out pretty strongly after that Dallas game. 
sparking the winning streak that came after. That that for sure got me thinking. That's the one that I would pick as well, is that big loss to Dallas. I actually was... You and I were very close to going to that. That's yes. the one that you yes. and I were like, hey, do you, should we just leave like in two days and just go to <laughs> go to Dallas? So we almost pulled the trigger for that one. Um, and then I ended up uh, heading out to when Dallas played Chicago like the next week. So, um, but yeah, that, I, that actually would have been a really interesting game to go to. Cause I really do think that uh, that's when Minnesota's playing really well to go in and just get smoked by Dallas was, was rough. Logan, who's your player highlight? Boy, I like everybody on this team, but I think still <laughs> is having an underrated season. Yeah. I, and I, and I think I know the player that you're going to talk about. And so I'm not going to take her. Okay. <laughs> but Sylvia, I, I really like Sylvia Fowles. The talk of the town for a year has been Bree Stewart and Asia Wilson deserved. And the new kind of what's funny is the new hotness this year, at least the new discussion amongst the media and the players is John Quill Jones with the Connecticut sun and Tina Charles with the Washington mystics. And what nobody's really talking about is Minnesota has thrown their hat in the ring as a contender by beating, by beating Vegas a handful of times and having some, some big games coming up and nobody's really talking about like, Oh yeah. Sylvia Fowles can also beat you in a series. (laughs) I I don't think it's possible for this to happen because it would be like they would end up on opposite ends of the bracket, which, which sucks because I really want to see a semifinal series between Vegas and Minnesota, but the way the standings are shaping up right now, like that would be really hard, but Vegas would have to climb to number one or drop to four and, or Minnesota would have to do one of those things. Or they would have to end up two and three, which would mean Connecticut or Seattle falls apart a little bit. And I just don't think that's going to happen. You never know. Weird stuff can happen with the standings. But those are two teams that I I think know how to exploit each other's weaknesses. And I think Sylvia Fowles kind of gets overshadowed in the MVP conversation by big point scorers and, you know, these presences that are really making themselves known above what we're used to this year. And Fowles is just super consistent. And always underneath the rim rebounding and frequently, I, I think a handful of times she's been the leading scorer for them this year. She had a, a couple, uh, the, the, what kicked off the winning streak was big back to back fouls games, 26 and 19 against Atlanta, 30 and 14 against Vegas in that overtime game. Yeah. I, I think she deserves a little bit more of a shout out. I, I think plenty of W people know who she is and appreciate her talent. I don't think she's underrated in that way. But, but like we get pretty used to when players are great consistently instead of being like, wow, that's so incredible that you are consistently that great. There's like eight players on this team that I want to shout out. This, this is such a fun. I love this team. This is, this is an absolute blast of a Minnesota Lynx squad. I absolutely love this team. A couple obviously came to mind really quick. Laisha Clarendon already mentioned Laisha a couple times. Demiris Dantas, like, that's a like like Demiris has had an absolutely really really solid season for Minnesota, but I think the one I will shout out is Kayla McBride yeah. with buckets because she's leading the league in free throw percentage, and anytime you can do that, that just shows that you are dialed in in a mental space. Like free throws are not they're not a a major like issue mechanically and and physically. It's a mental capacity to be able to just do the same thing over and over and over. And McBuckets is doing that currently sitting at 96.3% from the free throw line in second place is, uh, Ari McDonald at 94.1. So she's 2.2 percentage points higher than the second place shooter. That's just, it's, it's really, really impressive. So that's my shout out to, to K Mac there. You went first on the midseason grade and you're kind of going first a lot tonight because I, I'm kind of the quote unquote like host of tonight. And so I keep kicking it to you, but I'll go first on, on this one. I'll, I'll take a little pressure off Minnesota right now to me is sitting at a solid B. Yep. Yeah. And it's because they started out the season at like a D range, <laughs> like early season. It was D, but they put in the work and they've climbed to a B. The reason I'm giving them a B right now is because the work's not finished, y'all. Okay, you got you still have some work to do. You still got to climb up. And if you're going to be that, you know, second best team in the league like I was predicting/expecting, slash you've got some more work to do. 
So this is, this is a B with a lot of, uh, like expectations on the, on the other side of it saying like, you're a B right now, but you're my, you're an A student. And I know that the first week or two of the semester were really rough on you. So you've gotten up to a B. I know you can pull an A. So that's where I've got, uh, that's where I've got Minnesota. Where, what do you got, Minnesota? Yeah, this might be the easiest grade I've given since we started doing these. Uh, it's easily a B. Okay. We are in agreement. Okay. There's some unfulfilled potential. There's points that they left on the board. Uh, they didn't show their work at the beginning of the season. Uh, and it led to, to some, some problems, but they've been, they've been on the right trajectory. Here's the problem. Their midterm is coming up August 17th. Because they come back, they get they get a game against the New York Liberty, which isn't a gimme by by any means, but it is at home. And then they go on a road trip where they play three games in five days at Connecticut twice and at Chicago, and then return home against Seattle. That's big. I mean, I mentioned earlier that they've got some softies at the end of their at the end of their year where they play Indiana three times in a row, and they play the Mystics, who at that point might not have anything to play for. So maybe you get a couple of those games back at the end of the year and, and as I said earlier, pad some wins. But you better not come out rusty. I mean, you you here's the, the break might end up hurting Minnesota more than any other team because the way they were playing before the break, I would have believed they could have gone into Connecticut, won a couple of those games. They did beat Connecticut earlier in the season in overtime. Right. And if they split that and then they go and, and get, you know, some revenge over Chicago because they lost to Chicago pretty big, that's how they were playing. Like the intensity on the defensive end, the offensive prowess, everybody was clicking. The problem is you get one game coming out of this month and a half long gap, and then you're thrown into this furnace of Connecticut, Connecticut, Chicago, Seattle. And this Lynx team's problem all year has been inconsistency with their intensity. And so if it's like if they're getting smacked on that road trip and they come home kind of limping like 0 and 3 and then they've got to greet Seattle and then another game against New York, like it could easily spiral their season into you're going to be in the playoffs, but you're going to have to earn it. You're going to play single elimination games against dangerous teams. You're going to be susceptible to some bad things happening if you don't if you don't run a tight ship and handle your business right out of the break. So. Like, I'm giving a B, but I, as the professor, I'm warning you, like, there are some big points assignments coming up that you need to ace. Like, study up, <laughs> make it happen, and then at the end of the year, the final is no big deal because you've already taken care of the hard part. I really like Minnesota's second half schedule. Yeah, they've got three games against Indiana still to go, two against Washington, two against New York, another game against Los, uh, Los Angeles. This is a really solid back end of the season. So I think that Minnesota yeah. could be in a really good position. They, just, they have they have to survive that road trip. If they go 0-3 and, yep. and then face Seattle on ESPN, I'm going to be like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Going Connecticut, Connecticut, Chicago, all on the road, and then coming home to Seattle, that could be really, really rough. They got to get probably, I'd say, I would say two of those games. And if they can get two of those games. Sure. And then be, kind of pretty much the rest of the way, it's a very, very winnable. Like, like basically after that Seattle game, they could win out. Like, no, they got They do have one game against the Aces, but other than that, they, like they could win yeah, out the rest of those games. Yeah, and Vegas might want some revenge, and it's at home. It, it's there in Vegas, but like, I'm, they're not as scared as Vegas about Vegas, especially because they hopefully they're they're playing better and they're collecting some wins before that game. I don't think they're going to be as scared of the Vegas team as as we are when we look at the schedule. All right, Logan, let's move forward and head into our final team of tonight's episode. And that is the New York Liberty. Ooh. And I feel like, I feel like grades could be all over the place. They really could for, uh, for New York. Yeah, they really could. In fact, even just looking at our, our Twitch chat here, we've seen pretty significant, uh, spread here as far as what grades are coming in on New York here in the Twitch chat. So let's, let's just hop right in on it. New York is currently sitting right in the middle of the pack. They're sixth in the league. Uh, their record is 10 and 11. And yeah, they're on a two game losing streak heading into the break, but they're 10 and 11, sixth place overall. Logan, is that better or worse than you expected? Oh, it's better. It is better. Let me, let me tell you, you, 
it's really hard to give like an emotion free grade of this Liberty team. Yeah. Because if you look at the numbers unemotionally, I'm making up a lot of bad words tonight. That's not one either. Um, unemotionally. Like, like 10 and 11. <laughs> if like, if the Las Vegas aces were 10 and 11 in the sixth seed, we'd be like F like they are having a bad season, you know, but expectations. Right. Is huge. Well, cause they were the one seed last year in New York was the 12. Yeah. Seed. Like think, think about if we were sitting at the all-star, like the middle of next season, talking about the, the 10 and 11 Indiana fever. Wouldn't we be like, yeah, we're pretty amped. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's, yeah, we'd be stoked. That's where this Liberty team was last year. They were bad and they made huge changes. They, they are a different team. They look like a different team. They changed their threads. They changed their attitude. They changed their coach. Everything is better and different and cooler and more fun. And, <laughs> and honestly, like, yeah, I did. I don't think, uh, did I have them in the playoffs? I think I might have had them in the eight seed, but I definitely didn't have them as high as the six seed. So they're, I think they've exceeded expectations more universally than any team this season. I would, I would probably tend to agree with you, with you there. I think they've exceeded expectations. That's a good way to put it. They've exceeded expectations in a positive manner, probably even more so than Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut was great last year. I thought, I thought, I, th- I thought if you said New York was going to finish in the top half of the league, or Connecticut was going to be top three, which was more believable, I would have said Connecticut top three is more believable. Yes, yes. That being said, both of these teams have been really impressive this season. So I'd agree. I had them as a fringe. I actually had them squeaking into the playoffs ahead of L.A. So I had them at eight, and they're currently technically only half a game ahead of the eighth place Washington Mystics. So they're not like significantly like better, but they're also half a game out of fifth place and being, you know, the, the best seed of that first round in the playoffs, which would be crazy to me. So bet. Yeah, definitely better than I expected. Um, let's take a look at best performances. I'll take this one first. Best performances for New York, for New York. As you look at it, uh, going through here, They've had some really, really solid games. And New York's a case where they pretty much beat who they're supposed to beat. And they've lost a few games that they should have lost and maybe lost a couple games that they probably should have won. For for my money, though, I think that perhaps their best performance was early on in the in the beginning of the season. They had a, a shot against the Minnesota Lynx who I was expecting to be one of the best teams in the league. I think a lot of people had, were pretty high on the links. And New York was 2-0 and coming off of back-to-back wins against Indiana, but everybody kind of was like, well, yeah, it's Indiana. This time was a chance for them to prove their worth against a team that was supposed to be pretty good. And they had a double-digit victory over the links in that third game of the season. That was a really impressive moment for me where I was like, oh, like New York's for real, for real. Like they're they're gonna bring it. So that that's the one that stands out to me. Logan, how about you? What was the best performance for the Liberty so far this season? It's really tough to pick one. I think I'll go the eighty five eighty three win at Phoenix. Obviously, they started the season five and one, and that's sort of colored our perception of this team since then. And every win on their schedule since then almost feels a little bit like they've been coming up for air. Like all right, like. Mm. Like we've lost two or three in a row. They they've they lost three. They lost two. They lost two. Like they go on these little like back to back losses, but then they come up and they're like, all right, but we're gonna stop the backslide here. Right. And Phoenix was one of those where you know they lost a tough overtime one to Atlanta, and then two better teams, Las Vegas and Connecticut, beat them. And it was like, all right, you have to get that Phoenix game because then you've got two more against Vegas, which they did end up losing by almost identical scores. Um, and it's like that that's a must win game for them. Laney went out and did it. She led her team in every category, 23 and 10. Being Phoenix, they obviously battled back in the second half. So it was a close game. And up until that point, to your point, the Liberty pretty much just beat bad teams and lost to good teams. But I'd consider the, the Phoenix Mercury that they should have been in a position to be a superior team to New York this year. And instead, you got some Bet Nigel Laney heroics at the end of the game to put him up four, four or five. And then Skywood Diggins Smith, I think, made some free throws at the end to, to make it closer. But down the stretch, it was Laney. And it was kind of this, you know, the five and one start cemented Laney as like an early, like, darling of the season. But this felt like 
all right, now they're facing some serious adversity and they're gutting out some, some important wins. Cause without that one, it, it would have ended up being a six game losing streak. It would have really, you know, it, it would have felt like it eroded all of the good work they had done early in the season. And so it kept them afloat just enough. And then the wins they've had the rest of the way have kept them afloat just enough that here we are talking about them as like, Hey, like, this team won two games last season. They might make the playoffs this year if they if they're not careful. Like they've they've got some tough games down the stretch for sure. Probably the worst exit of the of the break that you could ask for <laughs> uh, in terms of coming out. And again, maybe Minnesota's been sitting and they're rusty, but you know Minnesota, Seattle, Seattle is really difficult. Uh, but we'll so see. Speaking of Logan, what is their worst performance on the season thus far? Worst performance on the year. Well. To me, it's obvious. I are you thinking the loss to Washington? No, I I think it's the loss to Indiana on the ninth. Oh, you know what? I and I kind of thirteen. I kind point. of spaced that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because because I was so psyched for Indiana and New York is like right. in my mind they're still a bottom tier team even though they're the sixth seed right now. That it was kind of more about Indiana winning than than uh, New York failing. But you're right, losing to Indiana is kind of inexcusable. I, they, they lost by 29 to the Washington Mystics uh, at the start of the year, and it was the only blemish on their early record. Mm-hmm. That one felt bad because, like, Laney was still scoring 20 a game. That streak was still going, but it was like, get that win. Um, but you're right. The worst performance, yeah. You know, you get held under 70 by the fever. Yeah. You lose by 13 against the worst team in the league. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, your your uh your assist leader is Bet Nigelini with four, so nobody's moving the ball, nobody's like nobody's scoring off of the offense. It's all just like disconnected. Yeah, that was an ugly one for sure. Let's go to the player highlight that you want to that you want to give for New York. For me, it's one that we've talked about already. Uh, our midseason awards for the for me, it's Michaela Onionware. Yeah, like absolutely doing everything that you could expect a rookie to do in their first 21 games. Um, there's only three players on this New York squad that have started all 21 games. Um, and that's Sammy Whitcomb, Bit Nigelani and onion Wede. Like that's a really, really solid group to be a part of. Um, so I really love what we're seeing almost uh almost 10 points a game just just a shout out to who i think is the runaway favorite for rookie of the year right now um so we already mentioned her again in a previous episode but i i gotta give some love again here so logan how about you who's your player highlight you want to give for new york there's a lot of players i really like on this team but i'll tell you who i'm just in love with and it's dd richards Man, ever since okay. ever since her March Madness run, I've just kind of kept an eye on her because she just has it. Like yeah. like in the talent industry when they're like, I don't know what it is, but like you just have it. Like I just know you're gonna be great. And so it like obviously there's players like Sammy and and Sabrina who's having like a, at this point probably an underrated year because people have kind of like been like, Oh, well, she's not a superstar. They're expecting triple doubles. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I keep an eye on her and it's because she does things defensively, which a lot of people are just like, eh, I don't care. And it's hard to stat out defense. And so like people don't realize when you're playing dominant on ball defense that like it matters. But like, I, I think she's a major yeah. piece of that team moving forward. And that's like an incredible get because if you think about all the acquisitions they made, like, okay, we get Sabrina back from the ankle. Like that was kind of a no brainer draft pick. We had the number one pick the right year. Good for us, but they could have not wasted it. They could have taken a long time to rebuild around her. Instead, they go out and they get Laney in the off season, which I think aside from Candace Parker was the most, even with Candace Parker, maybe the most impactful in the long run move that anybody made. And then they get Natasha right. Howard who has played two games for them this season. And so she's part of their, their core in the future. I talk about this all the time, but like, they already had a one, two, three in those three players I just named locked up for the future, like four years to build around like a really good core of someone who can score the ball, move the ball, rebound the ball, play defense. Like you have everything you need. On top of that, you get a rookie of the year in Michaela Onyenwere 
And this defensive specialist that every team who wants to contend, NBA or WNBA, always is looking for. Like, this is your long wing defender that you're always like, oh, if we just had that, that could get us over the hump. And it, like, to me, it is too early to tell. It's probably too early to be heaping this sort of praise on on D.D. Richards. But it's like, man, if they have that core three plus Michaela plus D.D. Richards, it's sort of like, like, this, this New York Liberty team could go from two wins to contending for a championship in, like, three seasons. Maybe two. Yeah. Like, it's, it feels dumb to say that because you're like, if they suck next year, they suck. But I just, I don't see it. I, I really like their rebuild and I like Walt Hopkins a lot. And I feel like that's a very underrated pick in what was a crazy draft. Like the weirdest draft we've ever watched. Yeah. Like so many of us were just like jaws on the floor. Like what is happening we, here? You know, we're always looking for like, all right, not a lot of the rookies are playing this year. Not a lot of them are scoring the ball a lot. Like who's going to end up? blossoming out of this draft i think there's two players on the liberty roster that are going to do that and one is going to win rookie of the year easily this year and the other one was like paralyzed a year ago and then yeah freaking found her way onto this team so i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned dd well-deserved shout out there uh logan mid-season grades for the New York Liberty. Where are you going with this one? Uh, it, I mentioned this uh, earlier, but if you go just strictly by like the numbers, it, it almost feels like, well, you have to give them an average grade because they're 10 and 11. You mm-hmm. know, almost across the board, they're just very balanced. Like it's very like a lot of good, a lot of bad. It feels like a C team. But considering that they're plus eight wins compared to last year and the expectations <laughs> that... Like I, they blew them out of the water early, and then the trajectory lately has been not as positive. But it just it feels like they're having a good season. They're honestly like they have as many wins as the Chicago Sky, which is a weird way to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's um, that's actually really odd. So yeah. I'm gonna give them a B, even though they're sitting just like a game under 500 because yeah, maybe I'm a bad teacher and I hold some students to certain standards that I don't hold others to. And in this case, the Liberty are impressing me with the effort they've put into making this season count and not just be a, let's just punt and develop our rookies and Howard is injured and whatever. We're just going to like, they could have easily done that, had every excuse in the world to just be mediocre and instead, it's like when they go out and, and play, they, they're similar to the wings almost in the sense that it's like, I know that they don't get every win that I want them to, but you can't write them off on the schedule either. Like, you know, you're in for a battle when you when you face them. They're, they've, they've got some good players. man. I, uh, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to nearly agree with you. I'm going to give them a B minus um, for a similar reason that, yeah, like they probably deserve a C based on record, but they get a B minus based on effort and improvement from a previous season. So I get a, I'm bumping them up to B minus. What I'm nervous about is that I don't know if they're going to stay in that B range. I think they're going to have to probably end up dropping back down because the second half of their schedule is absolutely rough. But at this point, they're a solid B minus team. If you're giving me a, like, Hey, like grade, from last year to this year, like how have they done progressing as a program and as an organization? I think they get an A. Oh yeah. Their off season was an A off season. I think it's yeah. like, yeah, like you, you pretty well did, but I'm grading the season. I'm grading what a team is doing right now. I'm going to bring them down to a B minus. So that's where I, I'm at. I probably should give them B minus. I, I think we should no, probably I think B give is them a fine. C plus, but. But like a yeah, like they they're in the low B range, and we're we're kind of hoping that like yeah, um, just really quick, where what seed do you think they finish as? Um, I think that they're gonna probably settle down in that eight or nine seed range. Well, which is it? <laughs> that's my. I'm real, gonna say eight. I'm gonna say eight. Okay. Ooh, no, because who do I have missing the playoffs? No, I'm gonna put them at nine. Ooh. I know, but here's the thing. The second half of their season's rough. It is. You look at their, their season, the second half of the season, it's Seattle, Seattle, Connecticut, Connecticut. Like it's Minnesota. Like you're playing like three of the top four teams yeah. multiple times in the second half of the season. 
That's I, really, uh, really tough for anyone to do, and especially a team that uh, just recently lost by 13 to Indiana. So, like, that's that's going to be rough. Whereas teams like Phoenix, Washington, and Dallas, who are below them right now, I think could probably step up and do some do some damage here. Now, Dallas is uh, is only one game behind New York right now. So for New York to slip from six to nine is not like super. It's it's literally they lose a game. Dallas wins a game. Yeah. Right. Or the other three teams win a game. It's not that hard. So I'm not predicting like a catastrophic fall from grace. I'm saying they lose one like game like progress and they're automatically out of the playoffs. And so don't come at me, New York fans, and be like, what do you, do you think we suck? No. It's just that close in these teams. And I feel like Phoenix, Washington, and Dallas all probably look right now like they could make that jump up. I have more faith in them making a a, a one a one seed jump than I do New York yeah. holding on to a six, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, you're I agree with everything you said. I think they've got the tougher schedule. They do play Dallas towards the very end of the year, which could be a very fun and very impactful game. But yeah. to me, I through sheer power of optimism, I really want to say that the Liberty are going to get that last spot in. They're going to be the eighth seed, and I want and them get to. In. But I'm looking, I'm looking at the schedules, and I'm thinking about Dallas this year, like playing spoiler in the playoffs, and it just kind of feels right because that's the type of team they are. Like. I can absolutely see the wings getting in as the eighth seed and then beating someone they're not supposed to and getting themselves into a series. I I have a hard time seeing the Liberty being that team this year. I'll put it this way. Every game is winnable. That's why we play them. I only, pre- I only see one game, maybe two that they would be the favorite in the rest of this season. Cause I, yeah. And that's against LA for sure. I think they're going to be the favorites against yeah. LA, but Dallas and Washington and Phoenix. I think, I think if I'm Las Vegas and I'm setting Las Vegas betting odds, I'm probably putting money on those other three teams at this point in time. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to keep an eye on both of those teams kind of in concert uh, as the season yes. kicks back up again, because if Dallas loses even one game that they shouldn't, Let's, you know, they play Indiana, Washington, Washington, Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah. You know, if they lose any of those that I think they're going to win, suddenly it's that September 11th face off is going to be everything. Like it, yeah. it, it's probably going to make the difference. Or if New or if New York wins a couple games that they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Then that game becomes very, very. And honestly, that and that couldn't that doesn't have to be Dallas. That game that scenario could be Washington last game of the season. Yeah. They, I mean, that really could be a, just for the record, I don't think I have a preference between who gets in and who doesn't. I think Dallas in the playoffs is very fun and potential spoiler, as I mentioned. And I think the Liberty getting into the playoffs, like there was so much energy around the Liberty and New York basketball fans when they started the season five and one that I think a playoff Appearance would go a long way for the WNBA and and be very fun also, no matter who the matchup is. So I, I'm not pulling for one or the other here. I just, it, it kind of makes me sick already that even though it's a month away, one of those two teams is going to be, you know, a game, a game behind. They're going to find themselves yep. like regretting one loss and it's going to make the difference. Logan. There's our, uh, there's our episode. There's our prediction. So hit us up on Twitter again at WNBA Nation Pod. Um, that's where you can let us know where your takes are. But speaking of takes, somebody had a take about our podcast the other day oh. and left us a five star review. Five star reviews. Huge shout out to Justin of Elia. I think that's. Uh, how that's pronounced. The The title of this review, this five-star review is fun over expectation, which I absolutely, <laughs> which is a shout out to uh, another one of our uh, just recent episodes. So it reads during college, I followed the WNBA during its first two or three seasons and became a big fan of the unstoppable Cynthia Cooper. Then life took over and I lost track of the game. 
At the start of the 2021 season, with my nine-year-old daughter at my side, I vowed to find a team and follow professional women's basketball anew. After, after listening to your preseason podcast, I took a flyer on the Liberty. The result. <laughs> I haven't been this excited about any team in any sport since I was a teenager. Not since Don Mattingly retired over 25 years ago has a player entered my sports fan heart like Bet Nigelani. Thank you all for helping to shepherd this newfound joy into my life. The fun over expectation quotient couldn't be higher. Justin. That spectacular. That's a good review, review right there. That's a great that's, review. That's a, that's a S-tier review right there. I'm just saying. Because what I love about it is it it helps us to get to know this we, it helps us to get to know this Justin person a little bit better. And Justin, your story is really, really similar to ours. Uh, I think all of us like caught that WNBA wave kind of early on and paid attention and just kind of fell out of it for a while until we had a chance to go to a game about four years ago now. And boom, here we are covering it. And it's literally one of the... <laughs> My wife and kids, uh, you know, aside, it's one of the most important things in my life. Like, I absolutely love the league and, and everything about it. So, Justin, thank you for that five-star review. For those of you listening, if any of you have an opportunity to just take two seconds and scroll onto our show and click that five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you happen to be listening. But thank you. We will we read all of our five-star reviews out loud on episodes. So there you have it. Absolutely, absolutely love that. And uh, Logan, it's been a great episode. I've had a blast talking about L.A., Minnesota, and New York with you. Um, anything that you uh, need to leave with our listeners before we sign off? Just happy for, for Team USA. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this episode. We're going to have a whole episode where we talk about reactions and Commissioner's Cup and more current stuff. But we, we just wanted to give that shout out here so that no matter when you're listening to it, you remember like Team USA basketball is awesome. Um, so good, good for them getting it done. And holy crap, we got three more of these to go. And then we're going to be back into kind of the final. It's weird because there's like 10 to 12 games left, but it's like the final leg of the season and then playoff time. Yeah. So get ready. When, when it's playoff time, <laughs> our content starts like coming out of our ears. Like there's so many things to talk about. There's every matchup, every series. It's all good. So it we're and we're man. I keep thinking like, oh yeah, at the end of August when the season ends, as if it wasn't currently a week into August. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're like a month away from the end of the season right now. Yeah, nuts. like a, just a just a hair over a month away. So, actually, by the time this goes out, I'm forgetting this is going to come out uh, after we're recording it. We are uh, about a month away. So here we go. But Logan, thanks for being on with me tonight. Absolute blast. And uh, yeah, thanks to each of you who listened. And for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. <laughs>